What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 142 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and as always, I'm joined by my buddy, Matt Deitch. What's happening? Bundling up a little bit more. Bundling up. Uh, the temperatures are are officially dropping. They are. They they went out pretty fast on, from underneath of us the other day. Yep. Uh, this morning when I woke up, uh, and by this morning, I mean Saturday morning, uh, I looked out and everyone else's uh, roofs all had frost on them and it was like, oh boy, we're, yeah. it's here. It's- it, it gets the blo- it gets the juices flowing for different things, I guess. Yep, yep. I, I, this is like my favorite time of the year when you can wear like a hooded sweatshirt and shorts and be fine. Yep, jeans and a t-shirt all day. Right. And then, you know, in the evening throw on a sweatshirt. Although Friday night at the football game you needed a little bit more than right. just a sweatshirt. Uh, um, I but- see that you were rocking your... Uh, blackfish gale, gale hoodie. hoodie. I, oh I, man! I tried on the vest the other day, and yeah, yeah, I'm getting one. Yep. Yeah, I like that vest. Yeah, don't be afraid to get that full-on gale hoodie like that thing. It, the wind doesn't cut through it, and it's got that really soft fuzz on the inside. Right. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm for that thing. Yeah, it is. The temperatures are starting to get down there. So, have you started your furnace yet? No. No. Not yet. God no. We we pulled up the little we have like a little space heater. We brought that up and started that. That's more just for the cat to lay by. So So like me personally when when uh when it's early spring, I got no issue with flipping on that air conditioner. Like I'm flipping on that air right. conditioner like the first day sweating. that it gets above 65. Like right. I'm I don't need the air conditioner air conditioner yet, but you know, I'm I'm doing it. But everybody I talk to fights so hard to put the furnace on. Where where do you got to get in your house before it's like? Because I've got a baby in the house, so I right. got to do so things a little gotta, bit different. Right. Like, you, I mean, I, God kinda, knows I'm tough enough. Right. I I wait I, as long as possible. I mean, I can put sweatshirts on and sweatpants and get some blankets on me. This while is I'm, good sleeping weather. Oh yeah, this is definitely you, sleeping you weather. Sleep this in, is this yep. is the type of stuff where you can sleep right through an alarm because you're oh, yeah. cozy in bed. It's one of those things where you're like the alarm goes off and you're just like, oh, I don't want to get up and get going because you know you haven't turned the furnace on yet. So the, as soon as you go out into the other room, it's gonna be like, oh, yep. We yep. we actually had like a few years ago. Our thermostat went out. Okay. So we had a while there where every once in a while it would kind of go off at night and you'd wake up and it'd be like 60, like 58 degrees in the house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're getting pretty, it's kind of chilly then, but. Yeah, yeah. You throw the you throw the 12 layers of blankets off and, <laughs> whew, you know it. <laughs> See your breath in your own house, yeah. so. Yep. No, uh, no, I have, uh, I've actually, I flipped the furnace on the other morning just for a little bit, let it go, uh, you know, just to kind of boost up three or four degrees you know the the sun still has enough power that if you open up your shades during the day right. you know it, it kind of and it's kinda probably not out, a bad idea to turn it on now just to make sure everything is all right with it instead of wait till it gets really cold and all of a sudden you go to put that thing on and it's not working the way it's supposed to be so yeah yeah and then you get to call a plumber you know, <laughs> yeah and, and and you need it right now right and then uh well another thing is too is always just to replace those filters on them yep Yep. You always for kind of forget to do that. I mean, it's only a, I did it today. Actually, it, it doesn't. Co- it's just like it doesn't cost much to do, but it's just something that you kind of forget about sometimes. And then when you pull out that filter, it's like whoa. <laughs> well, I've got a pain in the butt furnace filter size. I went down to Ace Hardware here in town, and they didn't have them. I got a twenty-five by fifteen by five. Oh, oh, that's a, yeah, one of them big thick ones. <laughs> yeah, huh? yeah. 
and I've got allergies real bad, so I got Merv thirteen. Ooh, I don't know what Merv stands for. I know for, they're but just. It's, it's fun a, to say, right? It's one of those things. Like, well, well, is a fourteen better? Well, apparently, because it costs so. more, so I'm buying yeah. the fourteen. Right, right. <laughs> nope. No, no, I couldn't. I couldn't get them in town, so I ended up uh, going online. But yeah, is what it is, and so I. As of Saturday, uh, what's the date today? October 16, I've got a brand new furnace filter, so now I can forget about it again for a while. <laughs> I can forget about it. Uh, Tyler Ray down in Colorado posted a picture of a, of a small pond with a little bit of skim ice on Ooh. it. Uh, the Black Hills, the the Black Black Hills. Hills. they got just a smidge of snow, you know, like 27 inches up right. at Deadwood. that's good for them i'm not ready for that much snow no give us some cold weather before we get snow you know i'm all right i i'd I'd honestly be all right if we got a three inch dusting uh right before christmas and then the rest of the year we just didn't have any snow but although we do need right i I like the snow just for the fact of all the melting and the moisture that needs to be put in the ground who do you like okay I was thinking about this the other day. I'm looking on social media, and everybody's starting to post their pictures of, oh, I can't wait for ice season. Oh, I can't wait for ice season. Do you think open water fishermen, like, jump the gun faster or ice fishermen jump the gun faster? You know, you know, like, all of a sudden, it's just like our first cold day. Everybody's just like, oh, you know, ice season. I can't wait for it. You know, getting all the stuff ready. I'm ready for it and everything like that. And it's just like, in all reality, it's just, you know, really we're in the middle of October right now, and a lot of times the way the weather has gone the last few years we haven't had ice until you know almost christmas time so it's right, still like two right. months really i mean in all reality it's over two months and, right. and they've kind of been talking about it now for two or three weeks for right. sure so i would definitely say it's the ice fishermen where you like know the, open the water first, guys the first night that gets below like 50 degrees and everyone's like oh, oh yeah, it's getting yeah. close oh no I, no it, it, it kind of it, it kind of goes like uh i always think about it like uh the first time it does get down like into the thirties and stuff like that. And you talk to somebody that doesn't fish and they're just like, Oh, ice fishing pretty soon. It's like, well, no, it's not just going to build yep. four <laughs> inches of ice overnight. Same way. Like in the spring where all of a sudden you get like a 50 degree day and everybody's just like, well, I wouldn't go out on that ice right now. <laughs> right, it's like, right. there's like 20 <laughs> inches of ice down. out there. Yet. It froze overnight. <laughs> it just happened to get up to 48 so, degrees today. I, I was wondering that the other day. I was like, man, everybody is just like, yeah, you know, like put it in reverse, Terry. I mean, it's <laughs> put it in reverse, Terry. <laughs> no, I would definitely say the ice fishermen jump the gun more. You know, nobody in in early January is starting to, you know, ooh, you know, getting close, getting close. You know, realistically, there's times when in March, you know, and, and right. you know, for open water fishermen, a, a lot of times – you don't, you know, to go over to the Missouri River yeah. and whatnot. You know, there's there's areas where they can drop in. You know, you don't have to go incredibly far south to find some open water most of the time. So if they've really got to scratch the itch, they can do it. Whereas, I mean, ice fishermen, you know, yeah, you you can go a ways, you know, ways up north. But uh, um, yeah, I, I, I think it is too. I mean, a person just gets excited for it because it is only a few months out of the year compared to open water fishing so well you know last year craig oiler got on the ice in october so he had october november december january february march april 
And I think he pert near could have darn near fished till May. Close to May. Maybe yeah. he even could have. Right. That's seven months of ice fishing. So he had more ice could fishing have, months. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that that's a special area. And, and uh, you know, like last year, I remember at the Ice Institute, I mean, no one was even thinking about ice fishing yet. And Craig had already, already been out on that. the ice. Right. So, you know, yeah, you, that's what happens when you live in, you know, special places. Uh, yeah, just is what it is. So um, looking forward uh, – uh, you know, we talked about it the last couple episodes. We're going to have an Ask the Biologist episode with Scott Mockentoon. Um, he's with the Minnesota DNR. So if you've got any questions that you want to ask, uh, want to ask Scott and you want us to ask for you, uh, email them or message the page. Uh, our email address is MidwestAngler1, the number one, at gmail.com. And, uh, the Midwest Angler podcast on Facebook or Instagram or something. Uh, um, just shoot us a private message on there and we'll get your uh, questions over to Scott. And uh, we're still getting some, uh, you know, obviously I don't know how much more we can take, you know, and, and fill an hour long episode, but uh, Hey, if we need to, we'll, we'll have them on. Maybe we'll have a mega episode, a two hour right. episode. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll break it up into two episodes. And, and I don't who, know. And who knows? Maybe sometimes some of these questions that think that we think are complex and like are tough to answer, he's just gonna be like, "Well, oh, yeah, that." When well, I've got okay. a couple so. questions that I want to ask myself, like just stuff over the last couple weeks that I've seen on Facebook, and it's like, I wonder what the deal is with that. It's yeah. like, well, I actually know of a guy that that could potentially answer that. So, uh, like I said, if you've got any questions. Um, just yeah, as long as, reach just, out to us. Just as long as he's not too salty about not being the smartest man that lives in New Prague anymore. Now that Waldron's moved there. Yeah, well, I mean, they're tied. They're oh, tied. Okay, we'll give them. Yeah. They both get a, they're co. Yeah. They're co, all right. Yeah, they, they, they'll, they'll probably send out a Christmas card together. They should. <laughs> they should, anyway. Um, not tough week uh, in the fishing world. Uh, really was. They lost. Uh, we've we've lost uh, two of the all time greats. Uh, Al Linder's wife, Mary, um, and and I'm assuming you know we we talked a couple weeks ago that the total outdoorsman banquet that's being held down here in Northwest Iowa, um, Al Linder was supposed to be the keynote speaker for that, and uh, I don't know a week or two ago he. He reached out to Total Outdoorsman Group and said, hey, I can't do it anymore. Uh, you know, got something going on. And uh, so I kind of, I talked to a couple of those guys and, you know, th- asked, you know, do you know what's going on? And they really didn't, but there was a little speculation, you know, that maybe his wife had taken a bad turn. And um, I would say, obviously, that is the case. And then uh, Pete Harsh passed away, and I think that was a pretty sudden yeah, deal. Yeah, that was an I, unexpected I deal, yeah. So, and... You know, I'll be honest, guys. I had no clue the accolades that Pete Harsh, uh, oh, yeah. Artie Arndt, uh, with Artie's Bait and Tackle uh, up there on Big Stone, uh, apparently was very good friends with Pete. And he he had a lot of really good Facebook posts talking about Pete and, and some of the accolades. And it's like, holy moly. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he was, he was listed as, like, the best live bait fisherman for walleyes. And, and I mean, just you know, how, how much money that guy had won, you know, in tournament times when, you know, they weren't giving away a ton of money and, and, uh, you know, he, that, that was a very, very decorated angler. And, 
and um, you know, largely considered one of the one of the smartest guys in the industry. You yeah. know, with with that type of stuff. So, at yeah, two big hits, that that uh, that sucks. Yeah, it really does. Um, Matt, I got a question for you. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it's none of our business if you're a manscaper or not, but, uh, but, uh, is, is, is shaving the boys in a bait shop bathroom? Oh, is that, man. is that off limits? Cause like, I really, you know, maybe, I really feel it is man. Because well, so somebody, did else, I. somebody else has to handle your, yeah, your 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 man fro, you know they got your ball fro. <laughs> what what do you got going on in your life? Because because guys, this happened. This happened. Yeah. First first off, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go right into the Facebook post, uh, from do 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 from Nancy Na- Nancy Coop, uh, with Coop's Bait up in Glenwood, Minnesota. Uh, she had a Facebook post. Uh, you know, like with some dark hair in a wastebasket and a little bit on a sink. And uh, she wrote, uh, they say there is a first for everything. Well, in my 22 years at work, this was definitely a first. My employee walked in on a man in the bathroom. The door was not locked. He was shaving. However, it was not his face. He must have had a hot date because he was doing a little manscaping. He left the bathroom a complete mess, was upset my employee walked in on him, he did come back a few days later and apologize for the mess he left. Just another fun-filled day at Coops. Like, what what do you got going on that that you need to that you need to shave the boys at the bait shop? Well, if anything, at least lock the door. Right, right. I mean, if you're going to be doing anything like that, <laughs> a lock the door. Don't B, be mad when they walk in and catch you. I don't know, hairy-handed. I don't know what you want to say, but I just like it. It, it blows me away that. Going, out, out of going all the, the, hey dear, I'm going to the bait shop. <laughs> right. I mean, but I mean, it's like if if you're homeless, like I don't know. I feel like there's probably a you know a wooded area someplace that you could yeah, probably. You got to think that there's some like public bathrooms out there somewhere that are I don't know that are more private than going to a bait shop where people are going to be coming in and out. I mean, I I don't know. Like I don't know what possesses a person to go in there and is that start, a fetish? Start shaving the boys. I mean, <laughs> so dude, what are you into? Well, I'm into, I'm into going to random spots and, uh, to bait know. shops. Yeah. I'm kind of doing this tour around upper Midwest here, hitting all the major bait shops. So I, all I know is that if they charge too much for minnows, I'm getting my money's worth by filling their garbage can. <laughs> they only get, that wasn't a full scoop they gave me last time. Yeah. So all I got to say is. You know, to Nick Heitkamp over there at the Dakota Angler Bait Shop in Sioux Falls, man. You see me walking in with my shave kit, mind your business, and make sure that door has a lock on it. Oh, man. <laughs> like, do you, you carry a razor in your back pocket? Like, I, just, like, I just... Hey, hold on a second. Like Nothing ceases to amaze me anymore. I'll, I'll, you know, I guess I didn't think a whole lot amazed me neither. But this is something that when I read that, it was like... Wow, that's amazing! <laughs> like I, that's uh, shaving the boys. Yeah, and just yeah, I guess uh, you know, and then when, getting pissed off when they walk in. <laughs> Lock the door, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is your fault. This is your fault that I'm doing this. This is your fault that I'm making a mess of your bathroom. Go find yourself a porta potty along the freaking highway or something. <laughs> so, but I was reading the Facebook post, and there was actually uh, 
there was actually somebody that came back and and wrote like that they knew who the guy was and they knew who his girlfriend was and, <laughs> and like, yeah well I just don't go to the bait shop and do that i guess God, you can't I, do anything anymore. You know, and and if you're listening to this show, and and that's something that you're into, hey, I'm bag. not judging you. It probably is a dirt bag. Probably is a dirt bag. But it is up there in that Glenwood, Minnesota area. So I mean, it is close to Alexandria. So is that is that where it's at? Yeah. So I guess we know what Seth Engel does on his lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you gotta beat the heat. <laughs> Gotta beat the heat. That's a warm one out there. What do you? Th- what does it look like I'm doing? What are you doing? What does it look like I'm doing? Wait, you guys don't do this. <laughs> no. Are you uh, playing the har- harmonica? Jeez, shaving them. <laughs> the sinkers. Right. The old sinkers. All right, we're moving along. Oh, that's just so damn funny. Though. That was. I. 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 I knew I had to bring that up on the show. Um. I wonder what other crazy things people have seen, like at bait shops like that. I mean, because you got to think that that's not only j- like they've had to seen other things. I know that they've always posted. They must have pumps outside of their bait shop up there, and there's been multiple times where people have ran the pumps over and stuff like that. So just excited. Just I guess. I mean, I I get excited going to the bait shop. Yeah, but exactly. Holy buckets! I think I gotta. You can pay attention. What's going on? Yeah. Um, ice shows around the corner. Uh, we've, yeah, it's close. we've, uh, we've got some ice shows. Um, I don't know as far as around here, I'm thinking November 6th, the stands event is the first one. I believe so. So, uh, I, I will be there, uh, talking clam, uh, talking clam products. So if anyone wants to come over, uh, that's there, um, just on the South side of West Lake Okoboji, um, Kind of by the Perkins, if you know where the Perkins is, uh, by Milford, uh, swing in there. I've got a feeling Matt will probably be there also, and so, yeah, come in. Uh, we'll talk to podcasts. We'll talk ice fishing. We'll talk clam outdoors. But um, the week after that, uh, the Ice Institute up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and they recently released uh some of the people that are going to be speaking and doing the seminars up there yeah they got quite quite the, the lineup yeah it's pretty wild uh the feature speaker is tom Bowley, right uh that could be that could be i know yeah they got yeah well his picture is the biggest tom Bowley, Jaden thomas chantel whitstruck jason durham Troy Peterson, Tony Mariotti, Dave Gens, Matt Johnson, Brad Hawthorne. I mean, you kind of think about who some of the some of the big names are, you know, here in the Upper Midwest, and they got a kind lot of, a of them covered. Who's. Yeah, and uh, they said that they've got more more coming. Um, they've got a lot of a lot of uh, companies signed up to. To be there, and uh, that is on November 12, 13, and 14. That's a Friday afternoon. Um, and once again, I will be there uh, talking clam products. So, um, yeah, if you want to come up there and check that out, uh, I highly recommend that one too. I think we're going to have to have Todd or Nick on here in the next couple. Next, golly. Can't it push soon. it off too far. Because uh-uh, it's right around the corner. Yep. Um, what, what are you looking forward to checking out up there? Uh, I, you know what I look forward to the most? I mean, the products are cool and just seeing what's out there. I just look forward to seeing everybody. Yep. Like, and just BSing with people and, 
you know, the fun thing is just the random people that listen to the show that see us and come up and, you know, either call us a dirt bag or flip us crap or, you know, talk to us, uh, seeing everybody back, you know, that we haven't seen for a while, you know, the Cox is coming up from Nebraska, yep, yep. all those guys. It's just, I mean, I don't know. It's just the camaraderie of the whole thing is what I enjoy most about it. Yep. Yep. I, I know exactly what you mean to, to walk around and, you know, of course everyone wants to, you know, everyone wants to stop and check out new products. Um, you know, I mean, if, if you're interested in buying stuff, quite often at all these shows, you know, that's, that's where the smoking hot deals are. But, uh, yeah, just, just running into people that, you know, you haven't seen since last year at the same show or, you know, I don't know, every, everyone's so spread out that, you know, it's not like everyone gets together every single weekend. And, right. and so that is, that is a whole lot of fun. It kind of brings everybody centralized to a place. And, uh, I don't know, sometimes at places like that, it seems like you know, people might size other people up and everything, you know, like sometimes with different products, you know, competing against each other, even though they're trying to like sell their own products and promote theirs. The nice thing about it is they never bash other people's stuff. No, no. So it's just, I I don't know. It's just, it's kind of cool just to get to walk around and just talk to those guys. I think at a lot of events like that, I, you know, I don't know that there's a, as much, you know, chest puffing and and whatnot you know it's kind of like you know guys we're all here together you know we're all here just because we all love you you know love fishing in general ice fishing whatever and uh you know of course you know there's there's rivalries you know you know whether you have blue shack or red shack or you know whatever and and uh you know what what rods you run and and everything else but i I think you know there's probably some drama behind the scenes that you know some people don't know about but for the most part, I think everyone can kind of walk through there and everyone can, you know, just just have a smile on their face and have fun. One of the things, though, Matt, with uh, a lot of these shows, uh, you know, a lot of these shows send their guys, you know, that are on their promotional staffs, pro staffs, to these events to work. Um, and I, I think sometimes, you know, some of these people uh, that, that are walking through there see these guys you know with pro staff on their jersey pro team you know all different sorts of stuff and they just assume that these are professional anglers right right. and you know we've talked about this before but you know when when you see pro staff that's promotional staff Mm -hmm. that's you know you're there to promote ice fishing promote the products that that you know your uh selected vent or brand sells and whatnot but let's talk a little bit about professional anglers. Professional anglers. What what make what in your mind when do you become you know the the hobby angler at what point do you become a professional angler? Uh, I don't know. I would say probably when you're like making money off like an income off of it. Okay. Like where you're like it is your job and you are at a high like level. You know like if you're a guide, take for instance, if you're a guide, I, right? If if you're guiding the majority of the year, multiple guide trips, you know, five, six guide trips a, a week, it's it's basically your main income. I would say that you are a professional angler. I'd consider that a professional angler. What if you've got a regular nine to five job and you take out one, maybe two guide trips uh, a week? Are you a professional angler? Um. I'm going to say, I guess if, 
if it comes out in the end that you're making money off the deal and not losing money, I don't know if I would consider you a professional angler. I'd just maybe say that you're like a part-time guide. Part-time guide. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, I just, I guess in, in my mind, I feel, I feel like the guy who does one guide trip a week, I, I don't, I personally do not consider them a professional angler. Maybe I should, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't thought a long time about it, but I, I do agree. You know, I mean, if, if you're making, you know, $400 a week, well, I mean, you know, that's, that adds up to something at the end of the year. Right. You know, I, I don't know. In, in my mind, you know, I, I would say that if, if there's a guy who goes and jackpots one local tournament, you know, like a Bassmaster Open, you know, if all of a sudden it's coming, you know, there's a big, big tournament over at Okaboji and you decide to enter it and you go over there and you pocket yourself $50,000 and, you know, that's comparable to what you make in a year. I don't know, you know, I mean, you did it all in right. one day, I one weekend. I wouldn't consider that a pro. I know you made money, but I wouldn't consider it a pro. I but think you it's probably some... made more money than a guy that, you know, that, <laughs> that, the whole that took 40. No, but maybe even took 40 right. guide trips that year. That's true. You know, I mean, that's kind of, I, I don't know. Like, how do you, how do you, can, how do you uh, figure out what a, uh, I just think anybody that's making, I guess if you're making a living off of it, if you're doing it as your full-time job, I, I really feel like you're considered a pro. And and truly supplements your income. Like right. I've gone over there on the co-angler side in the Iowa Great Lakes Bass Club, and, and I've got first ones and I've got second ones. Maybe I even got third ones. All those put together, I don't know that I took home over 300 bucks, but I did for, say, make money fishing right i'm not a pro though no. you know but like i guess when you can say consider making money um you got to add your expenses into it too and like if you came out ahead you so know but somebody like chris grow last year on the bassmaster elite series right you know i guess i guess he had sponsorships and whatnot but uh, you know, I mean, I think it's seven, eight, nine thousand dollars to enter one of those Bassmaster Elite Series deal, and I think he only cut a check in one event with a top ten, and and maybe it was eighth place or something, ninth place. I don't know. He maybe made thirteen thousand bucks. I guess in my mind, he's a professional angler, but he, like I said, he had a lot of sponsorships. You know, probably had a boat deal. And, you know, I think that adds into it, too, is, like, all your sponsorship deals and stuff like that. To, if you're if you're fishing a tournament trail, you can't do it just solely just fishing the tournament trail. You need all the sponsors and all that stuff. So if you are making an income from those sponsors that are related to fishing, like, that are helping you with your tournament fishing, I guess that, you know, factors into the whole professional. Do you know, like, the N NWT, are they limited to how many anglers that they will take on? I'm not sure about that. I think they are. Right? Are they? 100, 150, 200. Is there a cap on it? Something. I wonder I wonder if, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is will there ever be a time where they decide, you know what, let's knock this down to 80 anglers and then let's have opens? Right. 
if they would have like a feeder system into the NWT that you got to qualify for it. Right. I mean, when you've got 150, 200 anglers, is is that too saturated with local guys trying to jackpot it? Guys that are independently wealthy that just want to go and fish just to say they're doing it. Right. You know, I mean, is that taking away? Is that- I wonder. I wonder how like the pros feel about it. The guys that are fishing the, the full time tournament trail were. I bet you that that is a good point you bring up there. I mean, how would it feel like I've, you know, committed to fish all the tournaments, and then just a local guy can come in for the same entry fee as me, and fish one tournament and go out there, you know, and take the whole pot. It's right. Just like, or does hmm. guys like Corey Sprangle just say, well, thanks for the donation. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess there's there's all kinds of ways to look at it, but I mean, maybe there should be something that you have to sign up for the whole here's here's guys that are committing to the whole entire schedule right. and, and i guess you know if you want to compete for the points championship and all that and fish in the you know in the championship um you got to fish all those tournaments but I, I that is a good point that you bring up there if should that not be allowed and they have like nwt opens where like anybody can register for those now and even the pros can go down there and fish those yep and i don't you know the, the i'm sure i can find the statistics somewhere but i'd really be curious how many guys this year fished every single nwt event you know i know that you know obviously uh nwt does this to make money that's that's why they do it you know they're they're not here just donating to to anglers but you know, maybe maybe you got to cut half the field and make it, you know, guys that are strictly willing to fish the whole entire year. And then maybe you got to up the entry fee just a little bit. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know, if, if we asked John Hoyer and Drake Hurd and Corey Sprangle and, and all those guys, they'd be like, absolutely not. That's a stupid idea. But we've had them on and I've never asked. Right. Uh, that's a good point. We need to ask those guys. We yeah, yeah. What, what, what's times. your opinion? What's the it, ideal? It, what's the ideal field size? It's kind of like the whole. Do you think pros? You know, hash. You know, pros, not hashtags, but quotes. Pros should be able to go down and fish like the opens. I do not. You know, because like to me, if you make the elite series, okay. If you don't requalify that year for the elite, but that see, that's tough because then they can't go down and fish them. And if they don't requalify, now they qualify through the opens for the next year. They have to sit out, you know, then technically they have to sit out a year from the elites if they don't qualify to fish it through the point standings. I guess if, if you're on that bubble where it's looking like, uh, you know what, you ought to, you know, you're you're in the bottom 20 in points, you know, then I guess I'm, I'm possibly okay with it. Excuse me, maybe. Um. But I, I don't know, you know, that, that to me, you know, I think a lot of the opens guys, they want to compete against the best guys in the world. You right. know, they want the elite series guys to drop down and, you know, make them feel damn good when they beat them. Oh, exactly right. But, you know, you can compete with guys at that level. And I mean, for three days in a tournament, you might find something that nobody else does right, and for sure. get after them. But potentially too, you know, there's a guy that's finishing a little bit higher in the checks and and keeping a guy that's, you know, 
just trying to just trying to make it you know a little bit farther down in the points i I, I don't know it's kind of like the nascar thing of should the cup guys be able to go down and race like the bush series or whatever it's called now yeah i don't know i mean should should a varsity football player in high school be able to drop down to the freshman level you know i mean no i know what you're saying uh, you know i just want to score a few touchdowns (laughs) add my stats hey i get it too i get it too i don't know i guess for me personally i do not uh I like the idea of a feeder system for the NWT and maybe only have like 60 guys. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, 60, 80, you know, somewhere in there is the ideal number. And maybe a couple more tournaments. Right. You know. Yeah, 80 guys. And then at the end of the year, kind of like what I, I do miss the bass having – or the angler of the year tournament and right, stuff like that. Right. That was kind of fun just – 50 guys going out there, the top 50 guys going out there and battling it. I mean, it's kind of cool to see that stuff. I don't know. You got to think, you got to think those professional walleye guys, you know, a lot of them are guides and whatnot, but I got to think that they want more tournaments, don't they? Or something like that isn't, I mean, you've already fished all these other ones. What's one more where you're just going against 50 other guys? Right. I mean, I think it'd be fun. And they had it. They had, that was that last one up at Otterton. Right. I wish that. Like Bass would do something like that at the end of the year. I, I, w- I wish they'd bring back the England of the Year Championship just to kind of finish out the season. You know, it kind of rounds out the season instead of just having a tournament, a regular tournament to end it. I mean... And they can go to a smaller lake. Right, that's what I mean. And So, it, you know, your possibilities open up a, a lot more. And like I said, it just... I don't know, It's it's weird how... Yeah, they had the Angler of the Year title decided at the end at the last tournament and stuff. But like I'm one of those guys that I like the championship at the end of the season. Like the season meant something with the Bassmaster Classic in the spring and that being the biggest tournament of the year. I mean, that's just a tournament, but I don't know. I just want something more at the end. Yep, if you can I understand agree. what, I, agree. You, what yep. I mean by that. Like that's why I like the Angler of the Year title because or the tournament, because like I said, there was 50 guys that year they had it up on Mille Lacs. That I was just a, Yeah, there's a, a little more cool. build-up. There's yep. a little more build-up. And, and honestly, guys, you know, I mean, they. I do think, I do think that uh, uh, tournament fishing is definitely gaining in momentum. If there's one spot in fishing that's gaining, I do believe it's that, uh, especially, you know, with YouTube and everything else. But, um, uh, you know... I, I, honestly, you know, tournament bass fishing as a whole is is, and and tournament fishing period is a very very small deal, and they need any more interest that they can possibly draw. You know, they need a storyline. They need you know, climactic endings. They need you know all that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know. It's I mean it, it is ending up through the. I'd like to see them do some. You know, that head to head fishing is ending. Just ended up. Yep. It'd be kind of cool to see them do something like that for ice fishing. A head-to-head deal for ice fishing—that'd yeah. be a lot of fun. I think that'd be kind of cool to see them go out there and have like a bracket set up, and you know, guys kind of going against each other would each you, day. Would you do it a team deal, or would you do it? I think individual would be individual. Cool. You know, most most every all ice fishing tournaments are all team tournaments, aren't they? Yeah. I never really thought about that. Them. Maybe we need to just have one this year where we have some of us go out and we bracket it up and say, okay, you got half an hour. These two guys are going against each other. 
after that half an hour is up, then the winners are going against each other. And the we losers... could do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal. It doesn't even have to be like a weekend deal. It just has to be like, a, like if there's only like 10 of us or something like that or 8 of us that go out, just 8 of us say, okay, here you go. Everybody throw 10 but I wanna beat in. more than I want to beat more than 9 guys. Well, I know that, but just to start off with, man. Rome wasn't we, built in a day. I mean, you, you right away, you zero to a hundred, pump the brakes a little bit, put it in reverse, <laughs> Scotty. Terry, put it in reverse. Come on. No, See I how it works. No, but I, I, I really, I think, I think that there's a possibility for a bracketed event that would do a Monday. Uh, Monday, cheese. Uh, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal, and man, maybe you don't want to do it on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but. You have a morning deal, yep. you have an evening deal, you have a, a Saturday, you know, a Friday morning, a Saturday, or Friday afternoon. Holy moly, I'm struggling through this. Saturday morning, Saturday evening, and then try to have a championship on Sunday, you know, and, and right. make that one, you know, maybe instead of four hours, make it a six-hour deal. And I don't know, I, I, I think you could really get some, all those dudes that fish the NWT and fish the Ultimate Panfish League and all that, I mean... I would think that they would, you know. I just think it'd be kind of fun just to do that. I mean, you could even do it a team thing where two, you know, teams of two go up against each other. And would you would you do like best best stringer of five, best stringer of ten, or would you do a biggest fish takes all? No, I do like a five, like best five win. That's how you find the true best fisherman. Anyone can right. snag one big one. Like right. Ramrod, every once in a while, just happens to get the biggest one. Right. He only catches two, but, but, one but it's usually one, one of, of them is the big. biggest one. Freaking moron. <laughs> and then he's hooting and hollering and dancing all over the place. You know what? Me and Ramrod the other day got into an argument, and I've, I've been forgetting about this. I, I don't know what my issue is. I've just been forgetting all sorts of topics. Do we... Do I discuss what we argued, or do we have Ramrod on next week? I think we discuss what you argued. We discuss what you argued. What we what we were arguing was the comparison between in 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 the fishing world to the hunting world. Like a trophy walleye, most people consider what thirty inches. Thirty inches. What in the deer world? Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with 170 inches. 170 inch deer is equivalent to a 30 inch walleye. A 28 inch walleye is the equivalent of like 150 inch deer. Okay. 150 is 28. 30 is 170. So you, every once in a while you hear of guys catching like a 33 that's like that's 200 that's when deer. you're getting into the the 200 210 yeah. whatever yeah that's the non-typical that's just crazy gnarly okay so so 170 I, is that boone and crockett is boone and crockett 170 170 or 180 it is i think it's 170 so that would make sense right that would make sense it's a boone or walleye would you rather shoot 170 inch deer or catch a 30 inch walleye <laughs> i would love to shoot 170 inch deer why? Because I never have. <laughs> have I don't you? even. I even. I don't even have one over one forty. So I would love to shoot a big deer. I. I think I too. I. I, I just I, think from the area that I grew up in, and where I live now, 
and there's not like a bunch of those type of deer running around they come by very rarely i mean i've seen them before but you know there's just something about that that it, it takes them a long time to get that big just like a walleye but you know you could go to a lake and there's there could be multiple 30 inch walleyes swimming around in there you go around here and you go to two or three counties in our area and there might be maybe one 170 plus inch deer running around out there population of deer is way lower than what the population of walleye is in like, a lake yeah i mean honestly we should ask this will be a question that we ask scott mockington how many walleyes are in you know a lake like malax right i mean how many deer are in that same county i don't know what the i mean is there millions of walleyes in malax there's gotta be a damn ton I mean, when they stock a lake, right. how many how many are they putting in there? Now, granted, I, I realize that the survival rate is not spectacular, but I don't I don't even remember what side of this argument I took with Ramrod. <laughs> Most of the times when me and Ramrod get debating, I just get so I just get so caught up in the argument. Even if I know I'm wrong, I'm gonna just gonna continue well, to argue. Sometimes arguing with him is tough because. Yeah, he, you don't he drags you. You know what they say: you never argue with a dumb guy because they'll drag you down to their level and they'll beat you with experience. And I mean, the guy's got a lot of experience. Old Ramrod's got a lot of experience. So I don't know. That's that's what we that's what we talked about. And we're we're gonna have to have some sort of a poll, have some sort of a poll on. Uh, um, Would you rather? Shoot 170 inches. Well, I just I want to know what they compare. You like know. what the comparison is. You know, I think somebody that lives up in northeast South Dakota that, you know, has possibly caught multiple walleyes over 30 inches and, and might hunt hard too and never shot one over 160 might have a little bit of a different idea. You know, obviously somebody that lives down in southern Iowa, you know, caught a lot of walleyes maybe in their life, but never anything over 24 inches. Right. You know, they think a little bit different. Now, I would say probably right here, I mean, we have some fair deer ground that's not too far away. We've got some fair walleye areas that aren't too far away, but I don't know. That's what we argued about. I'll probably argue with him about it again, <laughs> just just to say I did it. Just to say I did it. That's right. You know what? I just realized we never gave away that book. We have not given away that book yet. <laughs> Whoops. I've even got it sitting here. We'll see if this crashes a computer or not. Hopefully it doesn't. Stop the recording. I've got a bad think. feeling, but... Well, we'll see here. Guys, so we're holding, every, it. holding every, it. Everybody did the... They liked the, your post and commented... Went over to Blumendahl Fishing page, right? Yep, yep. And liked if, that and said done on ours. Yep, then you got two entries and... Uh, I don't know. We got a pretty solid amount of entries here. Definitely so, did. Um, let's see here. Going to give it the big spin band. It is officially spinning, and we've got Jesse Van Wyke. Jesse, Jesse Van, Van Wyke, you are the winner. And so um, we'll reach out to you, Jesse. We will talk to Brett. We'll get your address, and we'll have that book sent out to you. Uh, we appreciate it, and yeah, that's that. Let's see if this actually. I think we held it together we there, Matt. Together I think there. we held it together there. So uh, more than one thing at once. Yep. 
Um, we are getting down there, so do you got any more to talk about, or should we move into good news stories? Uh, I'm good with good news stories. All right, do you got a good news story? You can go first if you want. I had one. Do you got one? You should have one. Hold on. Hold on. I had one. I had one here. Got to look at my phone a second. Do, 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 do. Well, mine is that is Minnesota pheasant opener today. Yeah. Got out with the dog, got her running around. Uh, we kicked up some hens. Uh, didn't see any roosters, but still a lot of corn in down by us. And uh, it was just fun getting her out and watching her work again. And uh, watching her do her thing is always a great time for me. You know, it's something I've kind of fallen in love with ever since I got her. So that's yeah, always a good time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was it was nice to get out there and get the exercise, too. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm struggling here. I'm struggling to figure out yeah. what my good news story is. I might actually take a rain check and do two you next can't week. can't take a rain check on it. How about 10 years? 10 years, yeah. That's a pretty good news story, if you ask me. Yep. Yeah, that was. Uh, as of October 15, as of October 15, uh, just a couple days ago, yesterday, if, if, uh, if, if we're talking about the day that it actually is, uh, was 10 years of sobriety for me. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, I still, re- I, you know, it's kind of weird. Early muzzleloader season here is starting and uh, uh, the, the, the first night of early muzzleloader season is when I quit drinking, uh, went out, went hunting, came home, didn't shoot one and uh, proceeded to start drinking and never really quit, went on an all day bender. And I woke up the next day and I thought, you know what? I pissed off a lot of people yesterday and I drank way more beer than what one person should in four months instead of, and, and I piled it into one day. And, uh, you know, I said, no, you know what? I, th- I think I'm going to be done with it. And honestly, at first I thought maybe I was going to go for a week. And then after a week, I went for two weeks. And then after that, I went for a month and then I went for six months and then I went for a year and pulled off 10 years. And, and, you know, I, I got it. I mean, I'm at a point in my life where it's really not that hard anymore for oh, me. Right. You know, it's not, I've surrounded myself with friends that, that know what, uh, you know, know what I'm all about. And, you know, I, I, I can be around people that drink. It doesn't bother me, but, uh, um, you know, obviously my wife really doesn't drink either. She'll have a glass of wine every once in a while. That doesn't bother me, but, uh, no, I, you know, I've, I've got good friends that have always held me accountable and, uh, no, yeah, I, 10 years. Yeah. Feels good kind of weird i haven't been to jail in over 10 years neither like i don't know if there's some sort of correlation with that or what but uh kind of a neat deal so well, i still i still remember the first time we ever hung out we went down to the iowa deer classic and it was after you just done that like so october you quit and then that march march yep. the beginning of march you and myself and mark radke and eric all went down there and i can remember that because we went up to the beer garden and bought a beer and cracked it open and i can still remember you going god that smells really good (laughs) and we never thought anything of it and then you kind of like walked away and eric told us that yeah that you had just you know because me and you were not really friends no no No, that was the first time we ever like really did anything together and i can still remember eric saying that yeah that you had given it up and stuff in October and that you were going. So it was kind of like, Oh shit. Like new, new, like our bad and stuff like that. So, but I mean, it was just like, all right, you know, 
and that's and that's actually kind of a little bit what inspired me to not do it either anymore and yeah how long are you I don't, I'm not 100% sure. You don't like, have a real date. You know, I was never like a big drinker right, before right. it and stuff like that. And it was just one of those things where, you know, we started hanging out a lot. And then I really started exercising and doing that a lot. And um, so I just kind of was like, you know what, I'm just going to give it up. And yeah, yep. just did. And like I said, like you said, you know, I don't have any issue with anybody that does. I can sit, I go down to the brewery and hang out with people in town here all the time and everything. And you know, for the most part, everybody, I mean, everybody's cool with it. I had somebody the other night that was just like, oh, aren't you, why aren't you drinking? Don't you? And I was like, well, I don't. And they're like, oh, really? You know, and stuff like that. I haven't for like seven or eight years or something like that. And they're like, holy buck. Well, that's, you know, that, yeah, that's cool. And so, and I, I mean, but then you got to kind of always reiterate to everybody that, no, it's okay that you guys, it's like, yeah, I have I'm, no I'm issue. I'm still with, all right with being around like, it. Like, you, like guys you guys are mature enough to pull right. it off. I wasn't. Right. So. Yep. No, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yep. No, that's a cool deal. So, alrighty. Well, I guess uh, with that, this is kind of a little bit of a shorter episode than normal, but uh, um, we kind of got, you know, me, me and Matt always get together and we write down a bunch of stuff that we want to talk about on a notebook, and we actually got a full notebook, but uh, just kind of so happens that uh, sometimes you kind of get through stuff a little bit faster. But uh, I believe we'll be back next week with a guest if I can get him lined up. And, uh, um, yeah, I guess uh, that'll be the conclusion of episode 142. We appreciate you guys uh, joining along, and uh, we'll see you next week on 143. Later. Later.